0: Hi, Rick. Hi, Yevgeny. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm. I'm fine, and you?
0: Oh, things are very nice. We have a spring day here in Prague. It's oh, a nice day.
1: Very well, very well. And how, how long do you do you live in in Prague?
0: I um. I came to Prague. Uh, I've been here since January 1993. Uh huh. This is my second time. I first came to Prague in August of 1974 after I completed summer school at the University of Leningrad. Yeah. I was only here for a few days. I met my wife, yeah. my future wife, okay. and then I returned a year later and we were married in 75. Then we came back professionally in the beginning of
1: 1993 to work here. Yeah. And uh, uh do you uh, uh do you um, uh do you work at the at the university in Prague.
0: No, 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 no. I am a. am not a an I'm not an academic. Uh-huh. I'm a, a businessman. Ah, okay. I came back in 93. My my field of uh, specialty or professional um experience is in the field of equipment financing. Ah, okay, We call it leasing. In Russian they say leasing. And uh, it's uh, of equipment and it's part of banking. Uh-huh. And I came back in 1993 and I was the um uh, first of all, I was a consultant, and I was teaching uh, credit analysis, risk management, and then I became the uh, chief financial officer for the largest leasing company in, in the Czech Republic.
1: But did you uh, did you live mm, not only in Prague, but in uh, in, in in different cities of uh, of Europe? Yeah.
0: Well, initially, when I came back, I, I had I worked for the large banks in the United States. I worked for Bank of America right. in in California, so that was where my experience was. And I, I came here, and I initially worked for a company called Horfin Leasing in in Prague, and it was a che- it was a, it was the largest leasing company for the Czech Republic. I was the uh, finance director, uh, so I did that for a little about two years, and then I took another position with an American company called AT and T. That's the American Telecom. Yeah, and they had a, a unit called AT and T Capital, because AT and T had a lot of manufacturing companies. Uh, that manufactured the uh, ATMs, what we call the bankomats in Russia. Yeah. And uh, they also manufactured uh, telephone systems. Yeah. And so I set up the uh, network of uh, financing um, operations for AT&T in Czech Republic, Slovakia, Poland, uh, Hungary, Russia, uh-huh. uh, Austria. We were in Vienna then. I uh-huh. had to go down to Vienna. And then we did also um, operations in Romania, Bulgaria, Turkey, uh-huh. uh, and you, Greece. Uh
1: huh. Do you do you have uh, maybe a lot of
0: uh, business trips? Oh, const- I was constantly traveling. Ah, okay. Ninety percent travel. It was crazy. Ah. So I was. Um, I had a, an apartment in Prague because my wife is Czech and she had family here. Ah, ah, okay. So we maintained an apartment in Prague and we had an apartment down in Vienna, because the headquarters for AT and capital was Vienna, uh-huh. and that's because it's a very good geographical location. People don't realize that Vienna is very far east.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Even though it was a capitalistic uh, Western country during the Cold War, yeah. it was the easternmost Western European country. Uh-huh. Pra- uh, Vienna is much further to the east than Prague. Oh, uh-huh. oh, because it's uh, Prague is, is is. I didn't know it. You look on the map, and and Vienna is uh, 300 kilometers southeast. Because uh-huh. within one hour of Vienna, you could be in Slovakia or Hungary. Uh, it's, it's just really, it's like an arrow in the east. Uh-huh. And that's why during the Cold War, this is, was the banking hub uh-huh. Uh-huh. for Central and Eastern Europe. For anything, any counter trade, it was always in Vienna because it was so c- close. Uh-huh. And it was also the spy capital uh, because the, it was uh-huh. a neutral, uh-huh. neutral country yeah yeah and, uh, wasn't a NATO country wasn't a comic-con country so all the spies were hanging around the coffee houses having a good old time it's a nice city do you know Vienna uh,
1: yeah 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 I, I was there maybe uh, yeah maybe uh, seven times yeah was oh, I, I have uh, I have friends in in, in Vienna a professor in in in, the Vienna, uh, in in the Vienna
0: university yeah I lived there for four years. And it's a marvelous city, it's a marvelous yeah, yeah, marvelous, marvelous, city. marvelous way of life, expensive of course, not like yeah. Moscow, that's really expensive, yeah. but uh, for your Euro, Central Europe, very expensive. So we were there in Vienna, and I set up the operations, and uh, we had uh, a very successful operation, especially in Russia, uh-huh. uh, up until the crisis. Of course, when the crisis happened, we yeah. had huge problems, naturally. Yeah, of course. In ninety, That was in 1998, yeah. yeah.
1: But maybe uh, can you uh, can you say you uh, you uh, you have experience of, of living in the United States and different uh, um, cities on, and countries of, of Europe? Uh, what uh, what uh, what can you say about the difference uh, between the lifestyles in different countries or in different uh, cities?
0: Well, I, I, in, in the United States, I primarily worked. I'm from California. And uh, I was born and raised in Northern California near San Francisco. Went to school there. I went to the University of California, okay. and I spent most of my professional life uh, in San Francisco, okay. which is a very uh, it's a very uh, it's a it's a large city, but not uh, on Russian standards rather small, only about less than a million people, but a highly concentrated city. And then later on, when I went to work for Bank of America, I lived in Los Angeles. But Los Angeles. Is a huge, geographically spread out metropolis, yeah. and uh, so the lifestyle in a place like Los Angeles is you're in your car all the time, uh-huh. and uh, it's a uh, it's a suburban type of uh, reality. Though, when I lived in Los Angeles for a year, I lived downtown in the center, which is unusual. Uh, but most of that, we bought a home out in the suburbs, so it's a very suburban living. Um, it's uh, that that everything is centered around the transportation problems, Yeah. Uh, you don't have a, a European lifestyle where you don't have the nice cafes and you, people don't want to go the downtown especially in the evening everything is out in the suburbs we call the burbs or the suburbs and they have a new word called ex-burbs that's <laughs> even further out and I used to live 34 miles which is 50 kilometers from the center Yeah. and I used to drive every morning 50 kilometers in and out in and out uh so commuting. commuting. I commuted. Yeah, I commuted in my car. So that was one reality. Um there in Europe, um the places of course that was that wasn't the only city I primarily worked there. I had to travel a bit. And uh later on I traveled a lot to uh Dallas, Texas. I had a client there. And Dallas is very similar. You uh you usually have your offices in a small town near the big city of Dallas, and you've got the same thing. But the culture in Texas is completely different than the culture in California. Mm-hmm. It's a Southern cowboy, nah. very macho, very proud to be Texan. And if you go to the United States, we we can identify people by their accents. Ah, okay. Uh, in I lived in Russia, there were some accent differences. Okay. No, m-
1: without uh, w- without obvious uh, accents. We have some uh, some some difference, of course. We have between uh, uh, north of Russia and south of Russia. But we had uh, during the Soviet time, we had a radio, and it was it it was only uh, one one program for the whole Soviet Union, and that's why we had. Uh, uh, mm, uh, prominent uh, the same uh, the same accent in in uh, in 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 Petersburg in Moscow in Vladivostok and even in maybe Tbilisi,
0: yeah well i was really surprised because when i was in russia i one time when i, uh, I was a consultant with the world bank yeah and i was in khabarovsk uh-huh. which is really far away yeah so on the chinese border yeah and i was shocked because i expected uh, the accent would be different i expected the architecture would be different and I said, my God, these Russians, <laughs> they've taken Europe and they put it into Asia. Uh-huh. And I said, that's amazing, because in California, when you get to the Mexican border, yeah, you know you're coming close to Mexico. Uh-huh. When you get to San Diego, uh-huh. Uh-huh. you feel Mexico. Uh-huh. It, because all of our... Of, most,
1: of people speaking, speaking Spanish, Spanish maybe. Oh, any uh,
0: anytime you get into L.A., Los Angeles, uh-huh. downtown you hear Spanish everywhere. Yeah, because I speak Spanish. I'm, a, I'm bilingual because I study the language, but it's, it's everywhere. So once you're in downtown Los Angeles, all the people, these are people of lower economics, these are lower uh, educated immigrants. Their Spanish isn't very good. Uh-huh. Uh, it's terrible, actually, because usually they come from families where people have three years of education. Uh, but it's not like a, somebody from Spain or from uh, Argentina.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but you hear it, and especially people who work in restaurants, Uh, who work uh, selling food or whatever, it's everywhere. Once you get to San Diego, which is a beautiful city, which is uh, 10 miles from the border, man, you feel it. Uh And when you get below San Diego and you get actually to the border, you know you're coming into Mexico. Uh And I expected the same thing Uh when I was in Khabarovsk. Uh The only thing that was different was Uh is that the cars are from Japan Uh and they have the uh, right-hand drive, And uh, the other thing is, there's a lot of people that are of mixed uh, heritage. Uh-huh. You see a lot of very pretty girls that maybe have a Korean mother and a Russian father. Uh-huh. And they're very pretty, and, but you can see that mm, they don't look like Moscow girls. But the language was the same. Yeah. And the architecture was the same. And I was astounded. I, says, you know, I said, these, um, these Russians have taken Europe and they've extended it to Asia which is absolutely extraordinary. Everything is called Dalny Vostok.
1: And what about your, your experience in Prague? <laughs>
0: in Prague? Yeah, Prague is very Central European. Uh-huh. It's very much similar to the uh, the, the the lifestyle, uh, the architecture, the way people react is very similar to what you have in Vienna, uh-huh. very similar what you have in, Kra- in Krakow, we say Krakow, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Budapest, uh-huh. um, Bratislava, they're very similar. And that is uh, their. Um, I would say that there's a, a rather large bureaucratic mentality. Uh-huh. Uh, Czechs are Slavic people. Uh-huh. The language is a pure Slavic language, like Polish
1: yeah.
0: uh, or like you know whatever, like a Ukrainian or, or Russian. Yeah. However, the mentality here is different. Yeah. This country was under the Austrians for 300 years, yeah. and it left there. It left a huge impression upon them. Uh-huh. Uh, they're not. Germanized. I mean, Polish people like to criticize Czechs. There's a rivalry between Poles and Czechs because the Poles are a very large country and the Czechs aren't, but the Czechs are richer. The standard of living is much higher here in Czech than in Poland. And so they like to take shots at each other, you know. And they say that, you know, they scratch a Czech and you find a German. That's what the Poles say. And the Czechs say you scratch a pole and you find a thief. You know? <laughs> so, But those are just, we say, a little type of bullshit you know, that they get into amongst one another. But they're very similar. Um, um, I mean, they have differences. There have differences between Poles and Czechs and Slovaks. There are quite noticeable differences. But the lifestyle is similar. Um, it's, it's urban. Um, it, and the one thing is sort of rule-based. Um, they're very Western-oriented. They look towards, uh, you know, London. They look towards uh, you know, Rome uh, and those sorts of things. They Prague is were fortunate because um, the capital was intact. It was uh, not heavily damaged during the war, uh-huh. and that's because the Germans occupied it without resistance, yeah, yeah. and they decided to keep it for themselves. Uh-huh. Uh, whereas, up in Warsaw, as you know, what happened in Warsaw, the the Poles gave the Germans a bad time, yeah, yeah. and they decided to teach them a lesson and destroy the city. Uh, but uh, it's different than Moscow, uh, where Moscow is is huge. It's okay. a large imperial city. Uh-huh. Uh, Prague isn't imperial. Uh, Vienna is more imperial than Prague is. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's a pleasant place uh, to be in. But uh, they have lots of little tiny rules and procedures that it wouldn't have in the U.S. that people wouldn't put up with. And little s- silly things. Um, but um, it's... Um, I find it's it's very civilized, Um, if you've got enough money, it's a quite enjoyable place. A lot of Russians are here. They love it.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I think maybe uh, we can uh, speak about Moscow more uh, next time, yeah, because it's uh, maybe it would be difficult for for our uh, English learners to listen to this interview more than uh, 30 minutes, okay? I understand. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much and goodbye, yeah? Thank you very much. Have a good day.